Welcome to another edition of the YXC Sports Podcast, the last one for May. It is May 31st. We welcome you live inside Meadow Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon. We're live on the Facebook page there. We're live on the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page. And we're also live on YouTube at No YXC and, of course, on all your favorite audio streaming services as well. So big thank you to everybody for joining us. Ray, this is how much we love doing this podcast, is that yep. you can see behind us for everybody watching the live stream, uh, the Game 7 between them, <laughs> your Montreal Canadiens, yep. my Toronto Maple Leafs, being called, of course, by our good buddy Chris Cuthbert uh, in Toronto, where they're allowing 550 fully vaccinated uh, fans to attend that game. We're going to get to that in a little bit, as we are going to get to the rest of the NHL story. But because of Game 7, this yep. is going to be a not really a rapid-fire episode, but a quicker episode than normal. Uh, it was absolutely yeah. gorgeous this weekend for the last weekend of May, and uh, we didn't uh, have an episode last week because of the May long weekend, so a ton of stuff to get to in terms of the NHL. But first, we're going to start off with some local news, and it was announced over the weekend that the Mooseman First Nation has plans to donate a horse racing track that is going to be in the RM of Corman Park, just northwest of Saskatoon. Nothing's been confirmed yet, but of course, uh, there was the devastating news of the Marquis Downs uh, situation not too long ago. So uh, good on the Mooseman uh, First Nation for stepping up and hopefully giving uh, these people uh, whose really is their livelihoods uh, an opportunity yeah. to continue to do what they love to do. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. And obviously, I haven't talked to everybody that's involved with that. But the fact that the Mooseman First Nation Economic Development Corporation has stepped up with this opportunity to give hope to horse racing fans uh, with this news that they're interested in starting something up at Corman Park is very good. And I know a lot, uh, not a lot, but there are some people that are a little bit concerned about Prairieland Park's um, move to kind of get out of horse racing. It is an industry that employs a lot of people, but it is an industry that hasn't always been profitable. And, you know, when you have somebody like Alan Simpson from Living Sky Sports come in, start to talk about something like soccer, a Canadian Premier League team that might um, generate more fans on a weekly basis, bring in a new sports crowd, and and perhaps generate more revenue for Prairieland Park. It, it might simply come down to just a business decision. And again, I haven't talked to anybody involved with both, but it was sure nice to see that that news come from um, the Mooseman First Nation Economic Development Corporation that they were interested in in doing this. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. The other piece of news here is the fact that Marcus Downs is ready to donate some of their equipment and some of the infrastructure that they have to this new venture. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot to the story that I haven't had time to follow up on. But uh, the fact that that news, Matt, came to the people yeah. of Saskatoon, you know, at least uh, for the horse racing fans that are around and for those that are employed, yeah. there, there is an opportunity. And, and that, that's good. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? This news is very fresh. It just came down uh, this weekend, actually. Yeah. So it's still very fresh and in the early stages, but definitely reason to be optimistic for that industry uh, in and around Saskatoon. They did come out with a statement today. Uh, this is from the FISN and the Mooseman First Nation. Mooseman Downs will be the answer to a renewed and diversified equine sporting industry. Prairieland Park assets will be donated in kind to this, to this First Nations endeavor, passing the torch of generations of horse racing from Marquis Downs to a new generation. The statement also went on to say, 
They will host Thoroughbred and Standard Red Racing, Chariot Chuck Wagon Racing, 4-H, and Rodeo Events, Equine yep. Therapy, Industry Training with Youth and Equine Professionals, and the original extreme sport of Indian Relay. So that yeah. comes right so, from the... Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah. good news. Man, you think about all the things that are going on here. Last week or two weeks ago, we were talking a little bit about the Priestner Sports Corporation yep. and what that's going to mean when they purchase the Rush. And now we've got, you know... There's plans to have soccer at Prairie Land Park, and there's horse racing yep. moving out of town. I mean, there's there's a lot things of things. There's um, a lot of moving parts to uh, to what's going on to the sports scene in Saskatoon, which you know I I think is quite good. I mean, one of the things that uh, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with the Priestner Sports Group getting involved with the Rush, and you know maybe even the Rattlers. We'll see if they buy the third tenant of, of of that building, um, the, the Rattlers, um, but. You know, for a Saskatoon sports fan, I mean, there's going to be, out of this pandemic, we all miss getting together, you know, whether it be concerts or sports events or whatever. But just to have the landscape kind of change so much over the course of this pandemic has been really interesting to watch in Saskatoon. Well, and, you know, professional sports and stuff like that is a landscape, like you said, that's changing in Saskatoon. But it was also great to see that uh, part of... uh, Step one of the province's reopened plan, they bumped up outdoor sports. Yeah. So now we're starting to see the youth being able to get back on the baseball diamond or, yep. you know, whatever, this, that, and whatever for uh, for outdoor sports in step one. And step two, it will be indoor sports. So it is slowly but surely things are starting to happen in, in the sporting yeah. world Good in around Saskatoon, right? Yeah. So that's sure. awesome. So uh, that's what's new on the local front. And now we can talk about how the Leafs have absolutely squandered this opportunity, Ray. <laughs> uh, of course, they had a 3-1 series lead, and behind us is Game 7, do or die, go home. The Montreal Canadiens won Game 5 and Game 6 in overtime. Game 6 was on Saturday in front of 2,500 fans at the Bell Centre. You're a Habs fan, Ray, so what yep. have you thought of uh, the Habs' effort in Games 5 and 6? Well, if you're Toronto, you can't let a team like Montreal off the ropes for a couple of reasons. One is Montreal up front, they're not as big as, as Toronto is. I mean, Toronto on paper, and this, you know, was something that we saw in the regular season standings, the Montreal Canadiens on paper are not as skilled and are smaller than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So why did we get to this point? I'm still amazed in the fact that in game four, it was a 4 nothing shutout for the Toronto Maple Leafs. In some way, somehow, the Canadiens came back to win game five and game six. And the Toronto Maple Leafs just looked a little bit skittish in their own zone. In game five, Alex Galchenyuk coughed up a puck along the blue line after Zach Bogosian pinched. So there was no support left. Puck goes right across the blue line, and Suzuki's away on the two-on-one and didn't make a mistake with the goal. And then uh, Travis Dermott lost a puck battle that he should have never lost in his own zone in game six. And, you know, that turned into the Kakiyemi winning goal. Right. Uh, And it was just a a turnover. I I don't understand, you know, I I don't understand some of the risks that the Toronto Maple Leafs have taken in games five and six. And I don't understand how they're losing puck battles for that exact reason that we talked about. That Montreal, they, they can't have a bigger back end. Like Shea Weber, there's no doubt about it. He's a presence. But up front, Toronto, more skilled and a bigger team. And yet Montreal has been able to bounce back from 3-1 down to force this game seven. And I'm kind of at a loss to explain why that's happened. <laughs> I, no, I really am. I mean, it really, it really doesn't make any sense. And here's the other thing, too. I mean, Carey Price has been good in games five and six. You know, Carey Price yep, has been a good goaltender, yep. but don't forget that he started this series in the American Hockey League. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, he yep. was trying to find his game, get his groove, and that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, 
as a Canadiens fan, I'm thinking, oh, you don't want your goaltender starting a series in the American Hockey League. But in games five and six, he, he was good. He was really good. The other Canadian series that has already wrapped up was a four-game sweep by the Winnipeg Jets. They took out the Edmonton Oilers. That was a little bit of an upset, depending on who you ask. And we are actually talking about this before the show, Ray. If you're Winnipeg, seeing what's going on in the other series and how the Leafs can't hold on to a series lead and how Montreal maybe doesn't even have any business being there in the first place, if you're Winnipeg, does it really matter who you face out of these two teams? Well, they'll tell you no. But if I was the Winnipeg Jets, I would rather face Montreal for the reasons that we talked about. Because once Hyman and once Matthews and once Smarter get going, it, it, they're, going to be, they're going to be tough to stop. The one thing about Winnipeg, though, is they can kind of play big hockey. Like, they've got some big bodies like Wheeler and players like that that can play some big boy hockey, like Toronto likes to play, right? They might not be as skilled as the Leafs up front, but they've got some bigger players up front that can, you know, use their body and size to their advantage. Montreal doesn't have that. So uh, if I'm Winnipeg, I'm actually hoping for Montreal. But more importantly, and Winnipeg would never say that, um, but if I'm the Jets, I'm hoping for three extra periods of overtime. <laughs> I'm hoping, that's what I'm hoping yeah. for tonight. You know, they'll, they'll tell you they don't care, but they just want to see these two teams kind of, you know, bash each other a little bit. And you know, it's uh, it started with a game seven, but they would love to see they would love to see a very physical, deciding game in this series. And the other strange thing, of course, is the fact that some of round two's series have started while well, this one has gone the distance here as well. Pretty much almost all of them, by the way, uh, Montreal uh, or Winnipeg might get your wish. Brendan Gallagher just scored while you were going on that talk. So it's one nothing for Montreal as okay. we're uh, live yeah. here at Winnipeg Clarks. But yeah, uh, Boston, New York, uh, Carolina, Tampa, and Vegas, Colorado have all already started round two. So this is the only round one game that's left. Yeah, um, I don't understand yeah. the scheduling of this at yeah. all. But keep in mind that we're talking about a year where the playoffs started before the regular season ended. Right. It's just, you know, it's yeah. just a... Just a different time. So it is uh, yeah. very interesting. As we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon, hoping that the Toronto Maple Leafs are pulling out a victory. Well, I'm hoping that the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs are pulling out a victory. But regardless of that, you can come to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, not just on an NHL playoff day. Come any day as it's $5 drink specials here at Wendell Clark's during the NHL playoffs. You can come for all sorts of good food as well. They're on the corner of Circle and Idlewilds. In Saskatoon, one of Clark's classic grill and bar. And uh, we're happy to announce that uh, the Petrovka Orchard is back on as a sponsor of the YXE Sports Podcast. So if you're looking for something great to do near Saskatoon, you want to get out of the city and bask in Saskatchewan nature, take the family or a friend out to the Petrovka Orchard. They have a great cafe that serves homemade food, a beautiful store full of gourmet apple and other local products, and a large variety of ice cream treats. After you fill your belly, take a walk to the riverfront beach and enjoy the most beautiful walking trails around the apple orchard, only 40 minutes north of Saskatoon, right on Highway 12 at the base of the Petrovka. Bridge open daily from 10 to 6. The cafe is closed on Wednesdays. You can check them out at PetrovkaOrchard.com. Did you happen to see that Colorado-Vegas game last night? I did not see a lot of it. I did okay. see a shell-shocked Robin Leonard for the <laughs> – and I don't know what happened uh, to Colorado's – or. Uh, the biggest goaltending situation, but they really got worked over. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because Peter DeBoer, head coach of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, was asked about it. I think it was actually before the game when it was announced that Robin Leonard was started. Uh, Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, two very good goalies. Yeah. They want to have the two-system goalie in Vegas, Yeah, right, where you can go to either one of those guys. 
Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury had played all seven games in the first round for Vegas, and then you start Robin Leonard in game one against Colorado. To me, if you wanted to get Leonard a start, you know, keep him fresh, I would have done it at some point in um, the first round. Yeah, because they were up three games to one against Minnesota. The Minnesota came back, tied up the series, and then yep. now it's now well, that's it's a good game thought. seven, right? Well, I mean, it is one game. So, yep. the, so if you're Colorado... Uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourself because yep. you put up a touchdown against Vegas, right? And those are some players that have some pretty deep playoff experience. But having said that, Colorado scored twice in the first period and then a four-goal second period. Yep. You know, So, you know, I, I think for Vegas, and Peter DeBoer's been around long enough to, to be able to tell his team, look, guys, it's one game. Let's let's put that one on the back burner and totally forget about it. We didn't get good goals ending. We didn't play well at our own end. We didn't generate chances. We didn't do what we need to do. So I don't know if you are Vegas, if you are going through much of that tape, or you're just going to say, you know what, it was just a bad night. We're just going to we're just going to rely on the experience we have for a better effort in game two. But having said that, Colorado, we talked about Colorado and Vegas all year. We've been talking about in the regular season how these were teams one and two, basically in that West Division or Pacific Division or whatever they call yeah. it. Um, but it sure didn't look like that. They sure didn't look like the two best teams. That looked like a David and Goliath <laughs> matchup there. But, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing, though, that is really good for the Vegas Golden Knights, and again, we go back to scheduling, game two isn't until Wednesday. Right, so they have a few days to, so to relax. I, I, yeah, yeah. You, you'd, you'd think that was a good thing, but yeah. you, you don't know. Maybe if you're Vegas, you want to just play game yeah, right away. It. Yeah. But, but, you know, the you know, there's some, you know, like I said, Peter DeBoer is a very experienced coach. Yep. And so, you know, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be back and ready. We won't see another five goal game in this series. I guarantee <laughs> it. Uh, the Ryan Reeves, of course, incident. I don't know if you saw that this morning or whatever, but uh, there's a situation where he had a UFC style takedown on Colorado defenseman Ryan Graves. It was just announced before. He had his knee on the- his head. Yeah. It was just announced before the podcast that Reeves has been suspended two games for that. Yeah. Uh, so that decision came down. Uh, Vegas, I think when it rains, it pours. Vegas got a little undisciplined, and it wasn't just Reeves. It was the whole team yesterday. Got a little undisciplined, and that led to a few more Colorado goals. Um, Carolina-Tampa Bay, I like Rod Brendamore as a coach, but I personally don't think that that team has a hope against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Barkley Goodrow scored the game winner in that in that game. It was a close game, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a one goal game. Yep. Uh, you know, Rod Brendamore. You can tell he's a players' coach. His yep. players love him. We've all seen the video of the players singing "Happy Birthday" to his dad. He is a, he is a terrific coach. There's no doubt about it. But you know, Carolina they they seem to be a team that plays on adrenaline a little bit. That'll take you a ways, but I don't know if it'll take you to a Stanley Cup final. I don't know if it'll take you like Matt says. I don't know if that will take you um, to a win against the defending Stanley Cup champions. That, that might be pretty tough. But it is kind of interesting because John Cooper's a players coach too. And I don't think just – it might be because he's just in Tampa Bay. I'll say this for Rod Brindamore too. These are two coaches that really don't get enough credit for what they do for their teams because especially Rod Brindamore, he doesn't box creativity before a game, after a game. Hey, you guys want to play human, you know – bowling after we win you guys go right ahead you know that players love that stuff and so that's why you know i i think that um carolina they they can make a little noise in this series they can make life 
difficult for Tampa Bay, but I'm with you. I don't think Tampa Bay is. Uh, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be denied. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. Uh, back to like I mentioned right off the top, that game six Saturday uh, had 2,500 fans at the Bell Center in Montreal. The game seven that's going on behind us has 550 fully vaccinated healthcare workers from. What was it? 50, 50 healthcare workers from 11 different right. hospitals right. were uh, admitted to that game. And it's, it's such a, you know, it is such a great thing uh, just to see fans back in the building. You know, uh, there was a lot of hype that kind of went to the fact that uh, in Montreal, there was 2,500 fans. And I thought, man, for a building that normally has 16, 18,000 people in it, we're talking about 2,500 fans a lot. But this story here of these healthcare <laughs> workers that have just been, working so hard for the last 16 months. It's a great story that they, they kind of had a lottery, I think, yeah. within the yeah. hospitals, and they kind of uh, drew 50 names at each one, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, just one of the signs that uh, we're ter- returning or hopefully close to returning to having fans uh, inside all the arenas uh, and the stadiums as well. There's been a couple of, of uh, premiers that have come out, and they're expecting full stadiums for the CFL games. Yep. Right? Scott Moe, that's yep. a wish of his. That's also a wish of Jason Kenney's in Alberta. Uh, one more note on the CFL. It just sounds like there's a continued sense of optimism that they will get on the field this summer slash fall. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be I, interesting as well. Yeah, you can start to see that. You know, if the NHL is going to lobby the government to kind of waive quarantine, right, uh, and levels of government are good with that, I think that you're going to start to see more CFL chatter kind of develop in the next couple of weeks, for sure. I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week's edition of the YXC Sports Podcast, mainly because I have to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs come back <laughs> to beat the Montreal Canadiens right. or go the other right. way. But a big thanks to everybody for watching, and a big thanks to everybody for listening. We will be back at the same time, same place next week for the first episode of June.